Hello and welcome to The Well Podcast. Find out more at facebook.com forward slash The Well Event. Put your hands together and please make welcome Jonathan Kearns as he comes now to bring the word. Thank you, Johnny. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Oh, that was pathetic. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be here with you tonight. In fact, we're part of your online congregation. Uh, We tune in because we're over age, so we can't get in. We're here um, because Pastor Stephen allowed us to be in tonight. But it's good to be with you. And I must say, I've been getting text messages all day saying what people are going to shout out to me, how they were going to encourage me and smile at me. But hey, I just want to bring God's word to you tonight. And I want to challenge you. I don't want to bring something that's going to tickle your ears or tickle you in any kind of way. I want to bring God's word to you because I believe that I have something that will touch your heart. And it's a bit of a challenge because why I'm saying this is because it's challenged me for two weeks since Pastor Stephen had asked me. I asked God, what do you want me to bring? And he says, I want you to bring and talk about Samuel. Many of you know are not familiar with the story of Samuel. But listen, if I have a title for tonight, it's this. If God speaks tonight, would you be ready to listen? If he speaks tonight, would you be ready to listen? And I want you to be honest with me tonight. Is there anybody in here that's ever been on the receiving end of the silent treatment? Put your hand up. Come on, don't be scared. Hands up, come on. Hands up who's been on the receiving end of the silent treatment. You don't know what you've done. You don't know what it's about. It's very unpleasant and uncomfortable, isn't it? Well, this is kind of a bit like what's happening in our story tonight, because this is the kind of thing that was going on in the nation of Israel at the time of this story. Just to give you a bit of background about um, the story of Samuel, this, this story was located in a place called Shiloh. This was the center of Israel's religious worship. In fact, there was a problem. There was pure silence. In fact, there was no voice. It was all quiet, kind of a bit like the way it feels now when I'm standing here. It's very quiet. In fact, there hadn't been a prophet for hundreds of years um, since Moses was last one. In fact, in the story that I'm going to read, things in the priesthood had become very familiar. They had become very lax. They had lost reverence for God. They had lost their seal and they took the, the things of God for granted. So if you've got your Bible tonight, will you turn to First Samuel chapter 3? And I want to read, read a couple of verses um, from this chapter. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was very rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Father, we thank you tonight for your precious word. And Lord, we pray that, Lord, that something that's said and that's heard would enter into our hearts, that we would be challenged. Lord, that we would be available to hear your voice and that we would be ready, Lord, to say, here am I, Lord, speak and use me. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Um, the first thing that I, I want you to draw your attention to in this chapter is that the word boy. He was just a boy. Samuel was a boy. In fact, his mum had brought him 
as a child because she had prayed. Hannah had prayed a prayer because at this stage she was barren. Um, in fact, came with the name barren. She was made a mockery of. People laughed at her. They criticized her. They, they laughed at her, talked about her behind her back. But listen, this was a, a woman who was hungry for God. She wanted a son and she cried out to God with everything that she had. And that's a point that I want to tell you tonight, that if you're willing to cry out to God and to really earnestly seek his face, he can come to you right where you are, right where you're at right now, and he can answer your prayer. Amen. So Hannah had also fired a vow and she said that if God was to give her a son, that she would bring him back to God. And she kept that vow. So fast forward to the beginning of our story. Samuel is 12 years old. In fact, the interesting thing about this is that when God spoke, he passed by the experienced Eli. And that tells me that it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. God can still use you and he wants to use you. But here's the question, are you available? Are you happy enough just to come and sit in the well on a Saturday night and go to church? Are you available? This boy, Samuel, he went from a boy to a man in the twinkling of an eye. In fact, he went from a boy to a prophet. The first prophetic word he had to tell was to his mentor. Now, could you imagine that? Going to the person that you're looking up to and you're working under and telling them about a certain judgment that was coming to his family. This is what happened. That this boy, this was his first prophetic word. Now it says this, Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was very rare in those days. Well, you may ask, what does it mean rare? It means it was, it was very uncommon. And I think that's very sad. In, the, in Israel's center of religious worship, there was no voice. God wasn't speaking. And here's why there was a problem. There was a problem at the tabernacle. In fact, could I change it? There was a problem in the church. And I have to say this, that if we want to maintain things in the kingdom of God, if we want to go a step further, we need to make sure that we're right in the house of God. Because I have to tell you this, and I have to be honest, that you're looking at a guy who spent 30 years of his life in church, just taking up a seat. Used to come to this building, well, not actually this building, it was facing the other way. And it says at the top, it said, remember thy creator in the days of your youth. Well, I didn't. I took the things of God familiar. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm laying myself open. I was a hypocrite. I was an actor. I said the cliches, I wore the suit, but I was as dead as a doornail. Make sure that you test your calling. Make sure that you're saved tonight. That's the challenge for each one of you. Because do you know what? You could be the most faithful member to the well every Saturday night. But the most important thing in your life is Jesus Christ. And being born again and letting him come in and change you and use you. Are you willing? Are you available? So there was a problem at the church. There was no open vision or prophecy. There was no publicly known prophet raised up to whom the people could apply counsel, direction and instruction on divine things. There was nothing. And I often think of this verse in Proverbs 29 and 18. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Well, what does that mean? They do whatever they want. 
And that's what was happening in our story tonight. In fact, we're told that Eli had two sons, and these two were special, weren't they? They were the wrong kind of sons, let me tell you. They were doing everything contrary to God. They took the things of God very familiar. It says in 1 Samuel 2, 12 and 17, because Eli's sons did not know God or regard God. You see, they were lost like myself in the house. They had sin and disobedience in their hearts. They acted in wicked ways. First, we're told that Eli's sons took the three-pronged fork and whatever meat they brought out of the pot when sacrificing an animal. While these judgments may seem harsh to us today, the holiness of God's priests demanded in the law of Moses along with the judgments that come upon those who disregard God's ways. In fact, the things that they were doing, they were disregarding God and what they were there to do. They were there to offer sacrifices for the people. But here's the truth, folks. They didn't know God. They wore the priestly clothes. They looked apart, just like I did. But yet they were lost. They were dead. Where? In the tabernacle. It's very serious, isn't it? They were lost in the tabernacle. In fact, I believe that God has a way of doing things, and he wants us as his children to obey him and to give him the best of our our ability. And I wonder tonight, did them two sons not hear about Aaron's two sons? Remember that story? In Leviticus 10 and 1, it says that Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Surely they would have known this story. Well, here's the truth. They didn't take heed. And see, from that moment, you see, I believe that God will give you distance and time to repent. And if you don't, he'll deal with you. In fact, in our reading, in the previous chapter, it says that God degreed their death. What does that mean? He desired to kill them. Why? Because he gave them chance after chance after chance. And I believe tonight that the reason for this problem in the tabernacle was sin. Sin is a very serious thing, but it's a kind of a word that no one likes to mention often. Well, it's serious. Sin can lose your life just like that if you don't deal with it. In fact, Romans 6 and 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I firmly believe this tonight, is sin has consequences. Do you believe that tonight? Sin has consequences. And Israel as a nation paid the price. 30,000 soldiers were slaughtered. The Ark of the Covenant was taken representing God's presence departing from the nation of Israel. Why? Sin. And that's the challenge tonight. We need to repent. If we want to achieve anything and move forward in God, this church is celebrating 65 years tomorrow. And do you know what I'm looking at tonight? The future. And here's the question. Are you available? Are you willing Are you willing to take up your cross and to follow Christ wherever he tells you to go? Are you willing to stay faithful 
Are you willing to open your heart and let God move in such a special way? The other thing that I want to look at tonight briefly is that God called Samuel in the most darkest of days. These were dark, dark days of judgment in the nation of Israel. But here's the truth. God was about to do something that was going to shake the nation and bring them to their knees. God had a plan. He had a boy in mind. Is is there anybody 12 here tonight? 12 years? No? Billy Wright, you're not 12, are you? Anybody in around 12, 13, 14, 15? See, God can use you tonight. Age is just a number with God. It doesn't matter how old you are, Billy, 40. What matters is your availability. In fact, God had a plan. He had a boy in mind. And oh, how that boy became a man, a man mighty used of God to turn the nation back to God again. A man that they could look to. In fact, as I said, this boy went down in the verses from a boy to a prophet. And I want to say this, and this really, really affected me this week, but the silence of God does not mean the absence of God. The silence of God does not mean the absence of God. God still speaks in the darkest of days if you're willing to listen. And I want to tell you that we're living in dark, dark days, aren't we? Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I'm walking about, I see fear. We watch the news and it's fear. We think we're okay and then fear. But see what we have inside of each of us. We should be telling others that there's hope. Because it's a very well-known slogan, but hope does have a name. His name's Jesus. And that's what we have to give outside the church, is Jesus. So here we come to Samuel's call. So God had been calling Samuel, but at this point in time, he had, didn't know him yet in that way. But Eli had advised him, and says, if he calls again, say, I'm your, I'm your servant. Here am I, ready to listen. And another thing I want you to notice tonight is there's something very important that happens when God calls your name twice. Isn't that right? I think he's kind of trying to get your, your attention. I call it the double tap or the double call of God. He's trying to get your attention. You know, in the Bible, in, in, in the Old Testament, it was Abraham. Abraham. It was Moses, Moses, Jacob, Jacob. Here in our story, Samuel, Samuel. And we know, of course, in the New Testament, Jesus said, Martha, Martha. He said, Simon, Simon. See, there's something really, really important that's going on. Jesus is, is trying to get your attention tonight. So if he calls your name, are you willing to listen? God then speaks to Samuel and tells him about the coming judgment. And as I said earlier, he had to go to his mentor. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine having to go to your mentor and say, hey, there's judgment coming. This is what Samuel had to do. And by the way, he was 12. Can't get over that. He was only a boy. In fact, fast forward in the story, and God's judgment did come to pass. Hophni and Phinehas, just as God said, were killed. 
Eli was killed. The nation was in devastation. The Ark of the Covenant, representing God's presence, was taken away. It was no longer there. It was in a mess. It was in a terrible state, just like God had said. Right there at that moment, Phineas' wife was pregnant and due to have a baby. And they were due to have a boy and they called it Akabot. It means the glory of God has departed. Never let that be said of you in here, that the glory of God has departed. I don't know about you, but in these days I'm hungry for revival. I don't know about you, but I'm fed up hearing about the past and about 1859 and the good days. What about now? What about today? Then here's the question, are you willing? Are you willing to take up the cost? Because this stuff comes with a cost. Walking, talking, seeking God. Here's one for you. Not even being on Facebook. Or Bakebook, as we call it. Some people spend most of their time more on Facebook than they do on this book. I'm telling you, this book has got me through some of the toughest times in my life. When me and Tanita lost a baby, it was God's word that got us through. And it was God's word that will keep us until the day that he returns. And I just want to finish with it. Have I got time? I'm okay. Um, are you following me okay? I'm actually really nervous tonight. My voice is drying up. Everything, honestly. Am I making sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Because as I've been reading this, I don't know about you, but I want more of God in my life. I want to be able to run the generation. Fast forward, and the ark of the, the covenant has been—it's been taken. The glory's departed. But here's another point: there's always mercy with God. He will always give you another chance. Will you take that chance tonight? It says this, that the Ark of the Covenant had returned after seven months, and this is in Samuel 7, that it returned. In fact, what had happened when the Ark was with the Philistines is they were getting the plague. They were getting all sorts happening to them. But here's the thing, they brought the Ark of the Covenant back, and I just want to finish with this, and it's found in First um, Samuel 7. And it's 1 to 5. And I want to read it from the message version. I don't really like doing different versions of the Bible. But I think this one will, will kind of will tie everything up and what I want to say. It's First Samuel 7, 1 to 5. And then I'm going to hand back. It says, And they did. The men of Carath jerim came and got the ark of God and delivered it to the house of Abinadab on the hill. They ordained his son Eliezer to take responsibility for the ark of God. From that time... The ark of God came to rest at Kerath Jerim. A long time passed, 20 years it was, and throughout Israel there was a widespread fearful movement to God. Then Samuel addressed the house of Israel. If you are truly serious about coming back to God, this is what it says, clean house. And that got my attention. Because see, if we want the things of God, if we want to move in the things of God, we've got to be clean. We've got to have clean hands and a pure heart. It says, clean house. Then Samuel addressed the house of Israel. If you are truly serious about coming back to God, clean house. Get rid of your foreign gods. In fact, get rid of the things that hold you back. Whether it be a fellowship, a friendship, whatever it is, give it all away. Come back to God tonight and give him your life. 
He says, get rid of your foreign gods and your fertility goddesses. Ground yourselves firmly in God. Worship him and him alone, and he'll save you from Philistine oppression. Here's what they did. They did it. They got rid of their gods and goddesses, the images of Baal and Ashtaroth, and gave their exclusive attention to the service of God. Next, Samuel said, get everybody together at Mizpah, and I'll pray for you. You see, there's another thing about Samuel. He was a praying man. If we ever want to win more people for Christ, we got to pray. And I know you do that faithfully in here. And I want to finish with this verse, and it's found in Isaiah 52 and verse 11. It says, depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing, go out from the midst of her, be clean, who bear the vessels of the Lord, for you shall not go out with haste, nor go by fight, or go by flight, sorry, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. And I want to say this tonight to the well, God will go before you, he'll be beside you, he'll be here, he'll be around you, because listen, the world needs what you have. The world and our country needs what you have. But here's the question. If God speaks tonight, are you willing to hear? Can we maybe be like the old chorus that says, here I am, holy, available. Are you available tonight? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow Christ? Um, I hope that that's touched your heart and I hope you've got some of the Lord. Thank you again for having me. God bless you.